Today we're looking in the book of Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews chapter number 12 this morning, the book of Hebrews uh, chapter number 12, and we're going to read verse number 15. The book of Hebrews chapter number 12, going to read verse 15. The writer of Hebrews says, look after each other so that no one of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. I want to read that last part again. The writer of Hebrews says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Using for my subject today, talking about battling bitterness. Battling bitterness. Father, I just pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I just pray today that your anointing, Lord, will rest upon, uh, Lord, upon the message, upon the messenger. Lord, let there be no distraction today. May our focus, Lord, remain upon you and your word and what that you have to share and want shared today. God, I just pray today, Lord, that... Uh, if there are anyone in this room today, they are battling bitterness in their life. God, I pray today they will get victory in this area. Again, we ask for your anointing, for your help, for your strength, for your blessing today. All for the glory of God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Now, bitterness is defined as showing resentment and holding on to ill feelings and deep-seated animosity. So today I want us to talk a little bit about bitterness. And there's four things that, that have to do with this subject today that I want to talk about as we talk about battling bitterness. And hear me this morning, bitterness is a battle. Now, now, you may not be battling bitterness today, but if you have a few years under your belt, you have had to fight this battle before. And let me encourage you this morning. You came to be encouraged, right? So let me encourage you this morning. This battle is waiting for you in your future. Are you encouraged now? Let's talk about bitterness this morning. The first thing I, I want to talk about is the opportunity. Talk about the opportunity. Hebrews 12 and 15, the writer says, watch out. Watch out. Watch out for what? Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up and troubles you. The writer of Hebrews says, watch out. He says, be aware. He says, be on guard. You see, the writer of Hebrews knew. He knew that the opportunity for bitterness would be readily available. And the truth of the matter is, bitterness can, it can come from many various sources and directions. Uh, let me just mention three of, of many I could talk about today. The first one is people. People. If you're familiar with a couple of Bible characters, uh, 
A man by the name of Job, a man by the name of Joseph, you, you will understand that, that the treatment that, that both of these men received from the people in their lives. And it was the people that was closest to them. And it was the people that should have been, uh, been able to be counted on. And it was the people that should have loved them unconditionally and, and supported oh, oh, them the most. And, and yet, and yet the, the, the treatment that both of these men received from these people could have easily caused them to grow bitter. The fact of the matter is, Job actually did experience some, some bitterness, at least for a segment of time. And this morning maybe you are here today and you you are battling bitterness uh, and today it's because of some person. Uh, maybe it was something that they said. Maybe it was something that they did. Maybe maybe it was something that they did not say. Something that they did not do. And you needed them to say it and you needed them to do it but they were not there for you. It could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a spouse, it could be a former spouse, it could be an employee, it could be an employer, it could be a trusted friend. People, people certainly offer us opportunities to become bitter. Notice another opportunity, problems, problems. Job certainly had more than his share of problems. In fact, in fact, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who has ever lived uh, who had and experienced more trouble uh, and more problems than this man named Job. I honestly don't see how the man withstood all his problems. And perhaps you too seem to have more than your share of problems. Everybody has problems, but, but to you it seems like you have more than your share. In fact, you seem to be plagued with problems. Physical problems. Relationship problems. Financial problems. Emotional problems. And perhaps you have thought to yourself, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Perhaps you look at other people around you and you see them seemingly living the American dream. Oh, oh they seem to be growing healthy, wealthy, and wise. And to you it seems that everything they touch seems to turn to gold, while you, on the other hand, everything you touch all oh, seems to turn sour and edge sour. Problems definitely offer us an opportunity to embrace bitterness. The children of Israel, when they were under Egyptian rulership, oh, oh, when they were in bondage, they had more than their share of problems. Exodus 1 and 14 says they, they made their lives bitter, oh, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all of the work of the field. They were ruthless in their demand. Another opportunity for bitterness would be pain. Pain, whether that be physical pain, whether that be emotional pain, 
It might be pain that comes with a broken heart or a drastic disappointment. You see, the harsh reality is life is painful sometimes. I would love to tell you that everything will always run smooth in your life. I would love to tell you that everything will always go the way that you want them to go in your life. But I must tell you the truth this morning, and that is that life is painful sometimes. And no one gets through life without experiencing a broken heart. And no one gets through life without feeling the pain of rejection and and feeling the pain of disappointment and feeling the pain of isolation. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 10 says that Hannah was in deep anguish. She was crying bitterly as she prayed to God, God, please look upon my sorrow. Everybody experiences pain in their life from time to time. Perhaps, I don't know, but perhaps my my greatest pain and my greatest struggle comes when I'm misunderstood. When my actions and my decisions are questioned and criticized by people who don't have a clue about the situation. I mean, know that it's easy to coach a team from the grandstands. Every one of us will do that this afternoon. It's easy to coach a team from the grandstand. Oh, oh, it's easy to make the tough calls from the cheap seats. When we have nothing on the line. Simply saying the truth is no one is exempt from the opportunity to allow the root of bitterness to creep into their So whether the opportunity comes through people or it comes through problems or it comes through pain or a host of other sources that we could talk about this morning. Notice the second thing about bitterness that I want to call your attention to this morning, and that is the oppression. You see, here's what you need to know this morning. Bitterness is your enemy. Bitterness is your enemy. And bitterness is very destructive. Let me suggest two things about bitterness this morning. Number one, it's poison for the soul. Bitterness is poison for the soul. How many of you here this morning, just raise your hand if you're a volunteer. How many of you here this morning would be willing to drink poison? I don't see any hands. Well, let me make it worth your while. How about for a $100 bill? You got to drink the whole bottle. 100 bucks, anybody? 500. A thousand? Whole bottle. Whole bottle. You're a liar. easy to volunteer out back there. You know I don't have a bottle of poison with me. Do don't you think I don't have one? No, no. Nobody here would do it. Why? Because poison can harm your body, right? Poison can shut down organs. It can debilitate you. And, and the fact of the matter is, if you drink enough of it, it can absolutely 
kill you. Listen, bitterness is poison for the soul. And what poison can do for our bodies, the poison of bitterness can do for our soul. Hebrews 12 and 15, again, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness. What kind of root? Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Oh, Job said in Job 10 and 1, he said, my bitter soul complains. He said in in Job 21 and 25, he said, another person dies in bitter poverty, never tasting the good life. And it suggests that bitterness puts a bad taste in your mouth. Bitterness puts a bad taste in your mouth. A bitter person can't seem to enjoy anything. It doesn't matter what happens in their life. It doesn't matter who comes into their life or what things come into their life. It doesn't matter anything about it. Amen. With bitterness in their soul, they can't seem to enjoy anything. And they have a way of spoiling the good all around them. May I suggest that not only is bitterness poison for the soul, but it is also a prescription for unhappiness. Bitterness is a prescription for unhappiness. Job 23 and 2, my complaint today is still a bitter one. People who allow the root of bitterness to grow in their life are like people who When they are taking their prescriptions in the morning, they pop a few unhappy pills in their mouth for the day as well. If you were to ask Dr. Benson, and by the way, I am M.D. Benson. Problem, the M.D. is on the wrong end of my name. But if you were to ask Dr. Benson for a prescription for unhappiness, I would tell you, I would tell you to pop some bitterness pills in your mouth and call me in the morning. Now, I certainly do not want to offer pop psychology this morning. Nor do I want to oversimplify or take lightly your problem. But if you are constantly unhappy, if no one or no thing seems to ever make you happy, maybe, maybe, just maybe the root of bitterness has been allowed to spring up in your life. Oh, but pastor, you you don't understand. People think they're original, don't they? Pastor, you don't understand. Pastor, you don't know my situation. Well, maybe not. Maybe not, but here's what I do know. I do know this, that there are other people. There are other people who have similar situations as you. There are other people who have a host of problems far greater than yours, and yet bitterness is not growing in their soul. I'm thinking of a family right now in this church right now that is going through hell. I'm thinking of a family in this church who have had unbelievable problems and pain the last few years. Yet their faith is unshaken 
Their attitude is miraculous. They smile, they laugh, they constantly talk about the goodness of God. Not one time have I ever seen them point an accusing finger at God. Not one time have I ever heard them say, why us? They are overcoming their trials, I believe in part, by their absolute refusal of bitterness. Let me say it again this morning, bitterness is your enemy because it poisons the soul and it's a prescription for unhappiness. The third thing about bitterness that I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about the offspring. The offspring. You see, one of the worst things about bitterness is the fact that it reproduces. Hebrews 12 and 15 again says, the poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Let me, no, notice what the poisonous root of bitterness does. It does three things. First of all, the writer said it grows up. It starts very seeming insignificant. It seems so very little. Oh, it's just barely there, but it grows. It grows up. And when it grows up, then it troubles you. Let me tell you that bitterness is going to trouble you. Bitterness is going to cause you all kinds of problems in your life. Not only did the writer of Hebrews say that the poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, and then he says corrupting many. Corrupting many. You see, bitterness doesn't just affect you. But bitterness has a negative effect on everyone and everything that it comes into contact with. It's it's like the domino effect where where one single domino can, can bring down every other domino. And you've seen it, haven't you? You've seen it, haven't you? How how one One person, just one single person with bitterness can infect so many other people. Romans 3 verse 14 through 16 says their mouth is filled with bitterness, ruin, and misery mark their way. Peace they do not What a miserable way to live. Yet some people choose to live that way day in and day out. You're in and you're out. Ever met anyone like this? No pointing, please. Have you ever met anyone for the very first time and And although you're just now meeting them, it's not long into the conversation and then they are telling you their entire life story. They're telling you all about the people, oh, that hurt them, oh, all the people that have wronged them, oh, they're telling you how unfair life is and oh, how everybody is against them and how sad and how miserable their life is and you just met them. I'll never forget going to a minister's meeting one day several years ago. I went into that meeting feeling good. I went into that minister's meeting uh, happy and excited about ministry. 
I went in there ready to be encouraged and, and, and uplifted and blessed by the ministry that was going to be offered that day. But, but instead it turned into one giant pity party. As one by one by one the pastor stood and began to sing the blues about ministry. And how hard, how hard it is to be a ministry. This deacon disappointed me. My staff betrayed me. My congregation turned against me. I got out of there as fast as I could. I didn't want the bitterness that was oozing out of the heart of those pastors. I didn't want the bitterness they had that had infected them to infect me. I'll tell you, ministry's not all sleeping till noon, eating fried chicken for breakfast. I'm going to do it someday. Just because people think you ought to do it, I think I'm just going to do it someday. See what it's like. Too old, I can't sleep past 630. <laughs> hey, I haven't learned everything, but I have learned a few things. And one of the few things that I have learned is proper alignment. Proper alignment. You see, I have learned that my attitude is greatly affected by the people I choose to hang out with. Now, I know I shoot this a lot. And, you know, we drive by and shoot it, but I'm telling you, it needs to be shot. I've learned proper alignment. I've learned that in order to stay positive, in order, amen, to, to keep my heart right and my spirit right, let me tell you how my heart could not be right and how my spirit could be sour, is if I would have stood up that day and I would have said, yeah, I'm with you guys. Come on, kumbaya, let's, let's have a holy huddle. Let's just, oh, pour out all the venom and I could have just taken that offense and walked with it. In all honesty, I looked around at those men and I I knew what was going on in their churches. I, I didn't want to trade places with those people. I've learned that in order to stay positive, in order to keep my heart right, my spirit sweet, I've got to feed my faith and I've got to starve my doubts. I've got to feed my faith and I've got to starve my doubts. Pastor, is there 100% everything going great at the Grace Place? No. But about 98.5 is. So why in the world am I going to look and concentrate and worry about 1.5 when 98.5 is in overdrive right now? Amen? Amen. Amen. I choose to, to feed my faith. Amen. I choose to look at the good things that are happening in my life and in my family and in my ministry and in my church. I must align myself with people of like passion and similar dreams and vision. I've got to be very, very careful who I allow to speak into my life. See, some people I listen to like this. 
And it goes right in here and right out there. And then some people I listen to like this or like this. It comes in here. It can't get out. I got it plugged out. It's in there. Amen. You need to understand. You need to be kind to everybody. But there's some people. Amen. You need to let it go in one ear and out the other. And then others who have some wisdom, others who have the joy of the Lord in their soul, others, amen, who are living an overcoming life, amen, you need to plug up one ear and listen to what they have to say and plug up the one ear so that it don't get out. Amen? Amen. Write that down. I've never done that before, honey. I might want to do that again someday. May I suggest that one of the reasons why Job entertained bitterness for a while was because of the crummy friends he was hanging out with? Listen to what Job says to them in Job 26, verse 1 through 4. Now, understand that he says this with tongue in cheek. He says to them, what wonderful helpers you are. How you have encouraged me in my greatest need. Not how you have enlightened my stupidity. What wise things you have said. Oh, how did you ever think of all those brilliant things to say? Again, Job said this with tongue in cheek. Title of my message today is Battling Bitterness. And yes, bitterness is a battle that every single one of us will have to battle from time to time in our life. All right, let's, let's look at the fourth and last thing today, and that is the option. The option. Because, you see, bitterness is a choice. And when the opportunity for bitterness knocks on our door, we have a choice to make. And here is our choice. We can either receive it or reject it. Let's talk about the first one, receive it. Now, this is what Job seemed to do, at least for a time. Now, he started out strong. Started out incredibly strong. And he finished strong. But he struggled in the middle. You've read the story. You know, I'm telling you the truth. Good time for you to say yes or shake your head. And believe me this morning, I am not throwing rocks at Job. I think he handled his adversity incredibly well for the most part, but he did embrace bitterness for a time. Job 23 and 2, he said, my complaint today is still a bitter one, and I try hard not to groan loudly. It seems that That for Job, as long as he focused on his problems, as long as he embraced bitterness, oh, oh, they just got progressively worse. Oh, oh, what was it? What was it that caused things to turn around for him? I personally believe that somehow he let go of bitterness. I don't know, but somehow he, he made the choice and he, and he dropped it. He let go 
of bitterness. And he stopped focusing on his problems. And the Bible says that he actually began to pray for his friends. Understanding that these are the same friends who had certain, who had continually told him that, that he had brought all of his trouble on himself. It was because he was a sinner and he was being judged because of his sin. It was the same friends who, who had given him absolutely zero support or encouragement in his, in his greatest hour of need. But Job 42 and 10 says that when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. Maybe there's a lesson for us here. Because as long as Job sang the blues, as long as he questioned why, as long as he embraced bitterness, things continued to go south in his life. But oh, soon and as soon and when he let go of bitterness, as soon as he stopped focusing on his problems and began to focus on others and began to pray for others, things immediately began to turn around for him. I ask you this morning, are you willing to let go? Of your bitterness. It's not all that easy because it gives you attention. For a while, anyway. People get tired and sick of it. But it gets you attention. It gets you a whole lot of other things, too. Are you willing to stop focusing on your problems? Are you willing to stop talking about the same old problems and the same old situations and the same old misfortunes that you have talked about daily for weeks, for months, for years? I've actually talked to people before. They start telling me all their trouble about that horrible thing that happened to them. And I say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's bad. When did that happen? <laughs> Back in 95. 95! <laughs> Dear Lord. You've had time to get something else to be better about by now. (laughs) Are you willing to stop focusing on all your problems? Stop talking about the same old problems and the same old situations and the same old misfortunes that you have talked about for weeks and months and even years? Are you willing to start praying for the people that hurt you? And pray for the people that wronged you and pray for the people that disappointed you. I'm talking about the option right now. And the first option is to receive it, to embrace it, to nurture it. Oh, I wouldn't recommend it. And if you have chosen to do this with bitterness, let me borrow a question from Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? The other option for bitterness is to reject it. Don't forget what I said a moment ago. Bitterness is a choice. Bitterness is a choice. 
We can choose to receive it or we can choose to reject it. Paul writes in Ephesians 4 and 31, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as evil behavior. Paul said, get rid of it. Would Paul tell us to do something we couldn't do? I don't think so. If we didn't have any choice in the matter, would he tell us to do it? I don't think so. It's a choice. And Paul says, get rid of it. Get rid of all bitterness. Paul says here that, that, that we have a choice. He says here that we don't have to allow these things to be a part of our life. We don't have to embrace them. We can choose to reject these things. You say, Pastor, how do we do that? I'll give you three things I'll tell you how to do that. Number one, make a choice. Just make a choice. I am not going to receive that root of bitterness. I choose to reject it. I'm not going to carry my brother's offense. I'm not going to let them and allow them to take their offense and put it over on me. I'm sorry they're offended. I pray for them. I love them. I'm sorry they're offended, but I am not going to share in their offense. I'm not going to get involved in their bitterness. Amen. Amen. How do we do that? Number one, we make a choice. And number two, and this is big, we ask God to help us follow through with our choice. Because you see, it's not hard. We get it every Sunday. We get this place full of people making choices. And then they walk out the door And before the cowboys get thrashed, they've already lost what they got down here. Amen? I could get bitter about the cowboys. So we make a choice, but then after we make a choice, then we must ask God to help us follow through with our choice. And we might have to ask more than once. And the third thing that we have to do is that that we get as close to God as we possibly can. We get close to Him through prayer. Some of you don't pray one cotton-picking time all week. And you wonder why you can't walk in victory. And you wonder why you're always the one that has to be down here. Now, please, always come down here if you need to come down here. But if you listen to everything I have to say, you wouldn't have to come down here every single time, at least for the things you come down here for. Amen. Get close to God. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in His Word. Spend time with fellowship of your brothers and sisters. Hey, I've got got a newsflash for some of you. We uh, We actually have a ministry here between Sundays. Wednesday night, we're here. Turn to your neighbor because half of them don't know it and tell them, did you know they're open on Wednesdays? Isn't that awesome? Spend time in his word, in prayer. Spend time with your brothers and sisters fellowshipping and and, and hearing the word of God and being in the presence of God on Sundays and and on Wednesdays. Let me finish today with this illustration. 
Rudy, come help me, bud. I started to call Steve up, but he's too short. Vines cling to large oaks. And when the storms come, if the vine is behind the oak, the oak shelters the vine. And no matter how fierce the storm, no matter how Brisk the gale. The vine is okay. It is sheltered behind the massive oak. (laughs) If the vine happens to be growing in front of the oak, and the wind comes, and the storms come, and it blows against the vine. But all it does, it just, it just gets the vine closer and closer. And, and the more, no matter how, storm, how bad the storm is, and it doesn't matter how fierce the wind is, it just blows it closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. Amen to the oak. Thanks, man. And I want to challenge you today, instead of growing bitter and sour in your soul. Get back up here. I'm not done with you. (laughs) Instead of growing sour and bitter in your soul, hide yourself behind the oak. Hide yourself behind the Lord Jesus Christ and let the Lord protect you. But if that doesn't seem to be the case and that doesn't seem to work out for you, then just know that the oak is behind you, that Jesus is behind you, and just lean back into his presence. Lean back into his embrace. Amen. Let him hold you. Let him hold you. Let him hold you. And you'll be okay. The storm will not affect you. Thank you, man. Worship team, get it back in place this morning, Paul. Here's what we need to understand. Life can be hard sometimes. Oh, pastor, you just live the storybook life. It's pastor appreciation every Sunday for you. Hey, my problems are different than your problems, but I got my problems. I got my struggles. Amen, just like you. And I'm not here this morning to, to put down or minimize your struggle or your problem or your difficulty. And just like I told someone this morning, I, just because this is what we do, I, I said I understand. And then I realized I don't understand because I've not had the experience this person is going through right now. So I just backed up immediately and said, I don't understand. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't really understand because I've not had to walk in those shoes. But I have a hunch there's some things I've walked through that you don't have a clue about either. 
We all have our problems. We all have our struggles. The winds of adversity blows against all of us. Life can be hard sometimes. The winds of adversity can blow in hurricane strength sometimes. The opportunities in life to grow bitter are many and various. But instead of choosing bitterness, why not choose to allow God to either stand in front of us or shelter us from behind? Or allow the winds of adversity to press us closer to Him. Here's the question for the day. What are we going to do about bitterness? Everyone standing this morning, what are we going to do about bitterness? Are we going to choose to receive it or are we going to choose Will we allow people, problems, and pain to make us bitter or better? Bitter or better? Which will you choose? I'm opening the altars this morning. If you're here this morning and you are battling bitterness in your life, today you choose to allow the situation to make you better and not bitter. You choose today either to stand behind the Lord and let Him protect you or stand in front of you, stand in front of Him and Allow the adversity to blow you closer to Him. If that's you this morning, the altars are open. I want you to come. And if one will come, others will come. Very quickly, come on. Don't be embarrassed to come. There's one. There should be several. There's another. There's others coming. God bless you. There are others that should be coming. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Come close so there'll be room for everybody. making the choice today. You're making the choice today. You're making the choice. To reject bitterness. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. There's more. There are more. There's more. Thank you. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming this morning. Keep coming. There's more. Keep coming. There's more. this morning, let me tell you that I don't have some magic pill for you today and I can't pray some magical, mystical prayer over you and fix all of your troubles and all of your problems today. What happens from this moment forward has much and mostly to do with you.
So I encourage you this morning to make the choice. Make the choice. I am not going to become bitter. If I have become bitter, I choose to drop it. No one has to ask me to forgive them. No one has to make recompense. No one has to pay me back. No one has to bow down and kiss my feet. No one else has to change. I'm going to change. My decision is to change today, to drop bitterness. I reject it. Maybe it's bitterness that somebody's trying to pass on to you. They think you should share in their bitterness and share in their offense. Today you choose not to share in their bitterness and not to carry their offense. Didn't say you stopped loving them and caring for them. You're just not going to carry their offense. You're not going to share in their bitterness. And then when you walk out of this place today, you're going to ask the Lord Jesus, Lord, now help me walk out. Help me flesh out. Lord, I made the decision. That was the easy part. But Lord, help me. Help me today. And then tomorrow, ask the Lord, help me today. And the day after that, and the day after that, Lord, help me today. It's a daily, sometimes a moment-by-moment decision. And then just crowd in really, really close to Jesus through prayer, through His Word, through good, solid Bible-believing fellowship with people and a church that's safe and secure and really cares. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus today for each one that are here this morning across this front today. Lord, they have made the decision today. They are not going to live in bitterness. They're not going to embrace bitterness. And if they already have bitterness, they have decided today to drop the matter, to drop it, whatever the cause of it, whatever. They're going to drop it. They're going to drop it. They're going to empty their their soul of the bitterness that is in their heart and in their soul. And they refuse to receive it and refuse to, to carry it. And they're not going to take their brother or their sister's offense either. They, they're going to refuse it. They're going to walk in love toward them. They're not going to walk in their offense and walk in their offense. going to become better, not bitter. Because you said in Romans 8 and 28 that you cause all things to work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according unto His purpose. And you use the good and the bad and the ugly to mature us and bless us and nurture us and make us more 